Minneapolis, 911. What's your emergency? It's another episode of Minneapolis 911. Welcome to today's show with your host, the mayor of Minneapolis After Dark, L.A. Nick. And along with him is beautiful and hilarious co-host, comedian Esley Ray. They'll be bringing you the 411 and 911 of our beloved city. And we're back another week of Minneapolis911.com. And we are back. And I'm feeling better for those who care. Yeah, she was all sickly. Um, I was sickly. She was all sickly On last our week. last episode. And you know what? And she looked sickly. I looked like crap. And that was the first thing you said to me, which forever endeared you to my heart. Well, you, you know what? I've, like I've never, But I've never seen you look that that bad. I've never seen you look like crap. Well, you've so when I saw never you, seen me in the morning. So when I saw you, I was like, wow. Yeah, you really. She looks like crap. Wow, she's not as pretty as we thought. No, you are. Thanks. Yeah. That's nice of you to say you now are. that I am put yeah. together. You were still pretty, even though you looked like crap. Well, that's nice to see, but, but you, I didn't actually, hear that. Let me take it back. You didn't look like crap. You just looked really sick. Let me take it back. You looked like a sick piece of crap. No, you looked really um, sick, like you were sick. Hey, I have something positive to start with. I, I got this really cool message today on Facebook. From who? Because I got one too. Me, Joe Walensky. Yes. Okay. So he wrote. He sent me the same message. Well, he, I'm just doing a shout out because yeah, he I told said, him I was going to do a shout out. Well, we're doing a <laughs> shout out together. We're on the same page for once in our lives. He Nick listened, and I he's agree. a regular listener. He said he's been listening for six months. Yeah. He loves it. Yeah. He just rated our podcast five stars and, on and iTunes. Wrote a, and he wrote a review. Wrote a review. And then he said, keep up the great work, and good luck, Mayor Nick. And then he said, love you too, Hesley, which I took to mean you want to start an affair with me. <laughs> I'm ready. Hey, so, she's pretty good looking, dude. You thanks. Check her out. I, I feel own, better. Hey, stalker on Facebook. Hey, well, Hesley he knows Ray. I'm on Facebook. <laughs> I got the message there. I am married, happily, but if hey, anything should break. happen to my husband, uh, Joe, you and I are marriage now. Is o- marriage is only a piece of paper, dude. It's Just only a piece of There's there's still love in my marriage, but when that inevitably dies, I will be looking for Joe Walensky. Well, she did turn her said, ex-husband gay. I, so I, I keep did. that in mind. Dude. There's a possibility <laughs> that I could turn my husband now and Joe gay. Maybe they'll be <laughs> gay together. I don't know. Did, did Okay, we've got two former MPD officers in the studio with us tonight, Mike Martin and return guest. Jeff Jindra, who, like Jeff, and I love Jeff so much. And hey, Jeff's awesome. I already his, post, love, his posts and comments crack me up on social media. He is great, <laughs> and I, I'm beginning to love Mike Martin the more that I'm around him. He's got a good aura. Um, but I just want to warn you, too, that I do. This is a true story. My ex-husband, the reason I got a divorce is because he turned gay. He was straight, he married me, and now he's gay. So I have that effect on no, men. No, he was always if gay. If you start thinking unnatural thoughts. Just get away from me. He was always gay. <laughs> yeah, proper. <laughs> he was. My, he was always gay. <laughs> Mike has already been affected by my my allure. Well, Mike, his mic was off when he said yeah, that. Yeah, he so. said that Jeff looked kind of cute. Jeff, you do look kind of cute today. What mm, is it? You're wearing the MPD blue. Healthy, maybe. healthy living. I think. Yeah, I think. you're glowing. Jeff's in good shape. Yeah. yeah, Jeff's no. in good shape. Boxing. Is it because you do the boxing? This is a boxing. Hey, look, I got my I got no. my boxing hat on. 
So oh let's tell people what, what, what is that about? The it's a fighting chance boxing club. You know what? I didn't. It was now the Northside Boxing Club. Right. I had to go through a name change. I okay. actually didn't wear this because you were here. Oh. I didn't even know. Realize you didn't know it. I was coming, did you? I wore this all day. I saw when you were like abroad, you were wearing that. In I wore this. Yeah, yeah, I wore this hat all the time. Yeah, he does. He was abroad. He was abroad. Yeah. Oh, he, he was a, overseas. Yeah, he was abroad once. Yeah, I was in Poland. Poland. <laughs> he was abroad. Okay. Poland and yeah. Italy. Um, yeah. and I think, I so think we've we're got, having some technical. He has, he's not hearing anybody. And he's basically shut out. So Mike Martin is who we're talking about. Mike, can you hear us now? I can hear you. Okay. okay. Can, can we hear, hear Mike? Me. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Oh, we can awesome. hear so, so let's talk about. He, see, what, let me tell you. Let me see what happens. Our producer, Robert Morgan, will turn you off. For some reason, he does it all the time to me. Yeah. And he for, just turns you off. We're whatever, willy-nilly, just whatever yes, he willy feels. willy-nilly, your mic's gone. Just whatever he feels like. He, I don't he, like what you're he, saying. Because he off. plays God. He, he likes to play God. He's got a real power off. issue. Yeah, it's really nice. disturbing. <laughs> I'm actually considering, like, filing a complaint at some point. Who would you file that complaint with? Them, Mike the Martin, FCC? and Jeff can we, can, we, can, can we file a complaint with the FCC against him? I don't, I, I, let's try. Like, just for shits and giggles. I think we should try. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about why Mike Martin and Jeff Ginger are here tonight. Um, well, bef- before we get into that, mm-hmm. I have to do a couple of shout-outs. To... Oh, okay. Let's so all the music, off all the music on our show is by Blue Felix. Okay. I was actually in the Blue Felix compound today. The compound, you say? Well, they have a massive compound. Do they have gates? Oh, yeah. It's a huge... Really? It's, I think it's... Do they have security? Um, they have uh, uh, canine Dogs. security. Okay, yeah, that's the best kind. Yeah, canine security. And Greasy. Greasy's the head security dog. Ooh. And big, huge headed pit, but just, oh. a, just, just the biggest pit teddy you bears. Don't, yeah, <laughs> pit bulls are really No, this one, no. Bears, Every yeah. time he sees me, he just runs up and tackles me and just licks my face. Aww. But anyway, I You're want to give a... threat to no <laughs> one. Well, dogs love me. But anyway, I just wanted to give a show. Blue Felix has a new album coming out, and uh, I will be hosting their Hellfest Halloween show, which is is just a, just an amazing event. I, I've done it multiple times. It's at, uh, you know the place in Savage. Not Nielsen, Jordan? Nelson's. No, it's no. in Savage, Minnesota. Oh, okay. Anyway, I'll plug it at the end of the show, but I just want to say that Blue, uh, thanks, Blue Felix, for all the music to give our show. Yeah, they they have been awesome giving us music um, since the beginning. We've been doing since this day for, one. What like ten years and, now? And free. Been? They give it to, to us for free. Fifty years. They do give us free music, so thank you to them. And yeah, um, yeah Joe Wolinski, I love you too. And uh, now let's get down to the to to what we're doing. Um, today it, we we record this show once a week, and it's. Um, Freshly, right now, we're in the studio after uh, one of the worst or, or the worst mass shootings in modern American history. What's, what's that mean, modern American history? Well, because... What's modern? The last 20 years, 30 I years, think, 50 years? I think civilized history. So when you use the word civilized... Is that what it means? Uh, you know, it's, like the Declaration of Independence was signed. Like Indi- Indian attacks or something. So yeah. there was a higher number, but... Prior know, to, like, when yeah. we actually quantified these things... Is be, be the prehistoric times so pre sixties? Yeah. Pre, pre well, like. obviously pre sixties. I would go even like more than that. I would say the eighteen hundreds. So let's so modern American history. The w- worst mass shooting uh, happened at an outdoor concert in Vegas. Um, 
the news outlets and police presence um, and anyone on air right now have been calling this man, um, and it was Stephen Paddock, is that how you pronounce it? Um, the a lone wolf. Like there's there's no way we could have prevented this because there were no indication. He has no history with law enforcement. He's somebody who legally owned his firearms at least to this point that we know of, um, and that included the semi-automatic weapons. Um, he is somebody who was high stakes gambler, um, retired accountant, um, but what? kept to himself. We don't know a lot. Like his neighbors didn't know a lot about him. Um, Long term relationship with a woman who is currently out of the country. We don't know when she left, but she's not currently a person of interest. So that says a lot. But, but he also did make his automatic weapon an automatic weapon. Okay, so, so he, that's a little twist there. He, he changed. He, he did modify the it. weapon, okay. and he also was a wealthy man. Yes, he was. He quite had wealthy. multiple houses. Yes, he had mul- he had lots of money in the bank. Mm-hmm. He wasn't in dire need of money. Right. He had plenty of six figure. His family so far have, I mean, the the brother came out, he was shocked. Um, The father of this gentleman had a history with law enforcement, was in prison for uh, robbing a bank, and then he escaped from prison and robbed another bank. But the two brothers never knew their father ever. Okay, I didn't know that. Yes, they never even met their father. Okay. So there's that's that's a pretty big factor when you never met your father and he robbed a bank. You don't know that dude. He had no impact on your life. So before we get into the obvious, like you know, we we're praying for the victims, condolences to the families, anyone anyone touched by this tragedy. We want to give you our know, heartfelt. Na- Nancy's friend's boyfriend died there. That's oh, no, actually, I'm sorry. He did not die. He got shot in the lower intestine. He's going to recover, okay. but he was there and got so shot. So you're looking at you know 500 plus injured. Um, which is obviously going to affect all of their families, their medical bills. You know, like, that's just its horrible to have an injury. You're talking about 59 confirmed dead at this point. And that, I mean, when you look at the ripple effect of, of that, I mean, it's its horrifying. These are parents. These are sons and daughters. Um, and and, obvi- and I, I read a Facebook post today of, of somebody who was angry at people who were saying, like, you know, quit saying your prayers go out to these people and, and it does nothing. If you're going to do something, send money or, or, you know, get involved in some tangible way. And I agree with that to a point, but I also am a big believer in good energy and prayer and people coming together with positive thoughts. And so, I w- you know, I'd like to say that Minneapolis 911 and our police presence in the room tonight with us, I think collectively all of our thoughts and prayers um, do make some impact and they're with you. So, so Vegas, you know, we're with you and we wanted to open up that conversation. Nick, uh, as our listeners know, is running for Minneapolis mayor. He's highlighted a lot of issues that we've had in Minneapolis when it comes to crime and guns, guns, gun control. Um, Mike Martin, Jeff Jindra, you've got a history with the Minneapolis police department. So obviously you've got views on guns, gun control and crime in general. Um, I guess the first question that I would have to give to the police presence in the room is this this type of thing that happened in Vegas could happen anywhere. It could happen in Minneapolis tomorrow. It could happen anywhere at any time. Do you, with your pa- with your history working as police officers, have any insight into either prevention or how to minimize the impact of something like this happening? And we can start with Jeff. Okay. I guess a uh, little background. 
I was a both an officer and a sergeant on the SWAT team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Inspector Martin, I don't know what to call him. He was Inspector Martin or Captain Martin to me all the time, but he was. He was an inspector. Of a, uh, oh, why you didn't you wear a long? Like the, I just uh, wanted you to have like a super long mustache. <laughs> and Inspector Crusoe is here. And actually, each precinct has an inspector. Okay. Yeah, like a mini inspector. What does that he mean? Was, uh, so he, they're, they're in charge of their of that of that precinct. And he was and they're the top cop of that precinct. So downtown's oh. first precinct and Rondo, who is now chief of police, used to be inspector for but what they've done in the last since I've been here, they rotate inspectors so much that you never get to know the inspector. But wait, because wait, the wait, time wait. you know him, he's gone. Right, but, and but he was inspector so of Mike Northside. was your boss? Yes. Oh, this changes everything. I didn't know that. Okay, now so you have a newfound sympathy. I have a newfound respect I really do. and less respect for Jeff, which I think is warranted. Good. So, so let's let, let's yes. let the little guy talk first. Okay, and uh, one of the things I think they did a heck of a job, uh, Las Vegas PD, but I don't think it would go that smoothly here. For once, they have like a full-time SWAT contingent out there that mm-hmm. are staffed up ready to go oh it's vegas and they uh right. yeah and they have, they have so many cops working on duty that do identify well, a to identify where it's coming from mm-hmm. and b to make you know an entry with it's about 45 minutes i guess before they entered that room that's an incredibly fast time and okay. also they had numerous guys you saw on tv had their their rifles rather just the police shotguns mm-hmm. and i don't think that's so true here in Minneapolis. Some, some people are have the, the, what's the it M4. Ta- what's it take for an officer to get real firepower in the city of Minneapolis? Like if something actually went down, say say a terrorist attack happened on the IDS, God forbid, what's it take for MPD to actually get to real weaponry? There are some officers that carry patrol rifles on the street, but that's not all of the officers. And so you're really... And how many... Uh, you're, what do we got? We have 700 and... 18 officers right now or something like that right yeah. i believe there's about 100 that have access to patrol rifles but so, are they in like a see. locker like underground where they're like oh, give me about 25 <laughs> minutes and i uh, no, what's the code again the I officers forgot. that have them carry them with them in their squads in the trunk but, but you're really dependent on those officers being on duty okay and being so in that the area and being able in a to garage respond. somewhere off duty and then you just have to be like well sorry scott um Hopefully you weren't drinking. Can right. you come in and go get your car? And is that, that it? Shotgun in a regular patrol vehicle is good for like 50 yards. Nowhere near to reach out and touch that guy up in his room. Right. Or also they call. We have to call in SWAT personnel. They're on duty. They're like part time. Uh-huh. And they have they have access to okay. fairly wide, to, wide to real to real real, real, fire real firepower. Ready to call, but half of them will probably be off duty. They have to be called in. So, and get armed up. So before we go to break, just an estimation, like if something, like, God forbid, were to occur in Minneapolis, how long do you think it would take to get all these pieces into place to respond? Like 20 minutes? It would, no. Lo- it takes 20 minutes to get a car come to come to your house. Sorry, an hour and a half. Are you out of your mind? Let's talk about this after the break. We will come back with an estimation and minutes. more. 20 minutes. This is Minneapolis911.com. 20 minutes? I don't know. I don't know. I'm... 
choice. That's Bank Restaurant in downtown Minneapolis. Housed in a beautifully restored circa 1900 bank building, it's the perfect place for a casual breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Featuring modern American dining, where fresh local ingredients combine with a historic yet revitalized setting for a truly unique dining experience. A four-star surrounding with a casual price. Whether it's a power lunch, lunch with your girls, or romantic dinner, Bank Restaurant is a lively and effervescent new way to dine at 88 South 6th Street in downtown Minneapolis, where four stars meets casual dining. Wow, Betty, your remodel looks great. The dining room floor, the gorgeous plush carpet in the living room. Oh, and those kitchen counters are so perfect. I'm so jealous. I want this in my house. Linda, you can. It's easy. I just called Cap Carpet and Flooring and got a free in-home estimate. Then took my ideas to the showroom and Cap's excellent design staff went to work, helping me pick out the perfect style, fabrics, and colors. They really made my ideas come to life. At Cap Carpet and Flooring, we listen to your ideas. And from design concept to Cap's professional installation, Cap makes it easy for your design vision to come to life. Whether it's a remodel or a new home design, Cap helps our customers find the best products for their lifestyle. Hey, Linda, where are you off to? I'm off to Cap Flooring and Carpet. I got great ideas for my guest room. Hey, wait for me. Cap Carpet and Flooring in New Brighton. Stop in or call for an appointment today. 651-636-2617. 651-636-2617. Cap Carpet and Flooring, where design becomes you. We'll be right back with more Minneapolis 911. Tired of the big box store? Hello? Is anybody out there? Had it with mom and pop hardware stores? OMG, it was just here last week. Want something just right? That's Buyswingers, your local, larger neighborhood hardware store. At Buyswingers, we have it all. Power equipment, outdoor living, hardware, a place where neighbors help neighbors complete that backyard renovation, paint your home, or just let you know what food that cardinal in your tree wants for supper. Buyswingers, your local, larger neighborhood hardware store with more. 35 West North to County Road 96, exit 28A in New Brighton. are back with more Minneapolis 911. I'm Hustley Ray with L.A. Nick, and our guests in the studio are Jeff Gendra and Mike Martin with the Minneapolis Police Department. So we were talking about... Um, well, formerly with. Formerly. They don't want to get them in trouble. Retired. That's why they can be here. We don't want Betsy to sue them. I don't want anyone <laughs> getting sued, except for you, Nick, because I think it'd be hilarious. Well, good luck suing um, me. So, so we were talking about an estimated... Uh, time, time response. And Hesley if, said 20 minutes. <laughs> and I said 20 minutes because I'm a dumb girl. Uh, ha ha. Our minimum response time in the city of Minneapolis right now is 18 minutes for anything. For that's anything. Our, that, that's, that is our average response time for MPD. 911 dispatch call is 18 minutes. So, Inspector mm-hmm. Mike Martin, what in estimation would you think well, for the, something of this caliber? The good thing in Minneapolis, we have tremendous men and women that are out there. And I think. If there's an active shooter situation, even if they're outgunned, they're going to go after that active shooter and do what they can to neutralize that situation and protect people. But to get a team like they had in Las Vegas that made entry into that hotel and were able to do an explosive breach, it would take at least an hour here. Okay. so You think it could be done in an hour? Because you really? were surprised by the 45-minute Vegas so. response time. You don't, you don't think, you don't think, if, okay, say it happened, God forbid, say it happened right now with our current mayor, 
do you think it would get executed in one hour? I think it'd be close to, you know, the uh, the accent sign shooter. I think that was say, about say, an hour. say it happened in, like, Cedar Riverside neighborhood, Somalia neighborhood. Do you think they would go in that quick and it would get done in an hour? I, I think so. We could get staffed up and have at least a team. I think the ac but accent we, sign so, shooting, they so got who, in there. That was who actually thing. authorizes that? Is it is it... Is it the chief of police, or does he have to get mayoral approval, or can the police department just do it on their own? The highest-ranking officer who's out there, if it's at night, it would be a watch commander. During the day, it would usually be a lieutenant um, um, who could authorize that. The biggest issue is this is a really unusual circumstance in Las Vegas with that kind of firepower, um, with the— um, advantage of being kind of having oversight over the uh the event so it would be very difficult to respond so this leads us i think into a broader topic which is gun control and before i get nick all fired up here and before before anything gun gun control and second amendment and correct me if I'm wrong in any of this of the history here, but Second Amendment was born out of the people saying that they wanted to be able to protect themselves against a rogue government. So say the government itself became too powerful and they wanted to be able to have the right to protect their own families against the government if the government became too powerful, right? That's what Correct. the Second Amendment was made for. We are now in the year 2017 with uh, a lot of people very, very strongly believing in Second Amendment, not for the same reasons, I don't think, that the, that the Second Amendment was written for, um, but who feel very, very um, passionate about their rights to protect themselves and their families against intruders or just having the right to have a, an arm weapon altogether. I, my opinion, um, I will say last um, on that issue. I have two questions for, for the police presence in the room. One is, um, now that you're retired, do you still carry? I mean, is, is a gun, like, do you have guns in your home? Is it still part of your life? Um, and two, like, do you believe that, I mean, do you, do you believe in the second amendment still? And if you do, um, are there limits to what the second amendment should, uh, protect? And by that, I mean, like our semi-autos, like, should it, should they be allowed period? Um, so I guess let's, I, I'll go with the inspector here to start with. I, um, I don't usually carry when uh, I'm off duty. I do if I'm going somewhere where I anticipate there might be issues. Um, but I, for the most part, I don't. I do have guns at home to protect myself from my wife and kids. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, actually, my wife is a retired cop, too. So um, we do have guns at home. Um, but I, you don't, I remember, like, carry it to the movies. You're not, like... Well, movie theater, I would actually carry a gun. Or uh, that's a place like, I would actually bring a gun. If I'm going downtown <laughs> mm -hmm. and uh, I know I'm going to be walking around, if that you're going to go to Hennepin, if you're going to go to Hennepin, you're going to carry a gun, right? Uh, yes. Yes. 
So, but you know what? Here, here's, here's even with this incident, even with this horrible, horrific incident, more people died in America this year from alcohol and drugs than all the gun violence combined. Sure, I mean, so that's a, that's uh, a separate topic. Just, no, it's right. not. It's not a separate topic. So you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna deem guns the pure devil when more more Americans die every day from heroin and alcoholism every single day. Well, I guess then you have to go back to the the law, the root of the law, which I think a lot of people have been bringing up too, which is. Um, you know, how are, how are tragedies born altogether? You know, whether it be guns, whether it be drugs or alcohol, are we looking at the root being mental illness? Do we need stronger lo- laws governing okay, that, how that, we that, help That's people? my point. So say this guy was mentally ill. Mm-hmm. Is he worse or better than the guy who just sold 800 people bags of fentanyl in downtown Minneapolis in the last three days? Who's more evil? Well, I think it's the idea of inciting terror, too. Mm-hmm. Who had the greater impact of terror? You know, like like the guy who's selling fentanyl on the street, yes, he's he's also killing He's terrorizing people. people. He's terrorizing. But, but I don't know that we feel terrorized by someone like that because it's somebody's choice to buy the fentanyl. It's not somebody's choice to stand and get shot. Right. And I wonder, I don't know if you can legislate something like this from not happening you mm-hmm. know you have really tough gun laws in france and they had mm-hmm. the the Vatican clan theater sure. massacre yep. with your type of music nick and those yeah yeah they came in they had fully automatic weapons i mean and that's obviously against their laws so i don't and know the, if you can legislate against this kind of evil taking place no, and you, the toughest gun laws are in chicago and look at what's going on yeah, there it's, right. it's I mean, horrific it's, so know, if it's I, not I, I actually heard a sound bite somebody lives in chicago literally put up a recorder and recorded the sounds of gunfire on new year's eve <laughs> and it, it actually the one i heard wasn't it was just two weeks ago but the, the they they identified every kind of gun like semi-automatic automatic handgun and it was like across the spectrum and it wasn't one every hour it was one every second and they lived just out of side of south side but it was a lot of gunfire I mean, it was ridiculous. And even looking at Minneapolis, have you seen the shot spotter map for 2017? Yes. It is insanity. It is more shots fired than, than we had Americans shot in anywhere in the world combined this year. And just in Minneapolis. So then I look at Outside this situation, of like just sitting in this room together, I see two gentlemen, retired police, who... who assumedly went into the force to protect the innocent people from from people who are out there doing bad um and trained to do that it gave you know many times i'm assuming many times put your life on the line to protect your community from these things happening so you're saying there's no real way to prevent it it's just how do you respond in a way um if legislature isn't it then I want to look at somebody like Nick, who's running for mayor. What is your solution? I mean, it, and and you have to go back. Is it a society? Pro- is it a problem of society? Are we looking at a cultural problem, and how do we how do we fix it, or how do we respond to it? Because right. it seems like, like a response I, now. 
hopefully Mayor Nick can staff up the police department. And <laughs> no, no, you know, you know what? Get more, get more I, I do. rifles, you know more we don't rifles. Act, we don't actually need to staff up our voice. Our police, MPD right. could do the job right now. Yeah, if we had access to more rifles. They're just they not allowed to. Right. They're not I, allowed to. I think the, the biggest problem that you have, I do think there are things you can do to prevent it. Um, I think the problem is that we glorify violence in our culture. We glorify it in movies. We glorify it in video games. We glorify the gang subculture, and these kids act out on it. But we also make people hate each other. And because they hate each other, we get these extremes um, and people who act out on that. Now, not only are they glorifying it, they are romanticizing it, which even even is more impactful to young kids. They think they can't get a girlfriend unless they shoot or been shot, which is just... Well, I think we're, we're getting to a great point of this discussion, and let's continue it when we come back. We also have uh, 612 Food with Alex D. Police scanner calls, as usual. So we'll continue the show, but I want to get back to what Mike Martin was on about hate, because I think that's a great point. Um, and this is an awesome show. I want to thank our guests again for being here. We'll be right back with more Minneapolis 911. It's about higher standards. It's about lower prices. It's about time. A car dealer treats you the way you want to be treated. Welcome to Star Auto and Truck Sales in Ramsey, 7009 West Highway 10. At Star Auto and Truck Sales, it's about never having a dissatisfied customer. The Star philosophy means taking care of you before and after the sale. Higher standards, lower prices, and value start at Star Auto and Truck Sales. Use keyword STAR on the station's website for more details or at starautoandtrucksales.com. Look down the street. It's a car. It's it's a truck. No, it's Super Shuttle. Super Shuttle, the blue and yellow vans that pick you up from your office or home. Super Shuttle to the airport, corporate office, or a night on the town. Super Shuttle picks you up and takes you there. No more hassling with luggage or airport parking. Eliminate the expense of taxis, the traffic jam, or that creepy guy on the bus. Call Super Shuttle today. 1-800-BLUE-VAN. That's 1-800-BLUE-VAN. Super Shuttle will pick you up and take you there. You're listening to Minneapolis 911. We'll be back in a moment. You just finished your farewell tour. What's next for the rocket? The answer is simply what? Simply self-storage. They've got it all. Both traditional storage from IAMS equipment to climate control to help control extreme temperatures, dust and humidity for my famous guitars. And talk about safety and convenience. Computerized gate access, 24-hour camera surveillance, and on-site staffing. Simply self-storage. Visit them today at simplyss.com. Their boxes. Ooh, you got it, you got it? I got it. I don't got it. Our boxes. <sighs> Perfect. Have reinforced sides and moisture barrier. Simply self-storage. We sell boxes. Find us at simplyss.com. Find out how to get 50% off your first full month. Simply self-storage. You definitely chose the right place. And we're back. Minneapolis91.com. We were just talking uh, about kind of, I guess, the origins of violence. And Mike Martin uh, 
retired Inspector Cluso of Minneapolis Police Department. What, what precinct were you with, by the way? Fourth precinct. Fourth. On the north side. North, north side. side. So yep. that's a that's a pretty uh, active area. Um, you you had brought up that culturally we're teaching people to hate, and I would ag- agree with that. I think that the lines have been drawn in the sand. Um, we've got a very visible race issue happening in our world. We've got um, again kind of a. a I guess wealth versus poor issue going on. We've got. Oh, I want to ask you. I want to say one thing. So I, I actually was talking to a lady another day who's a black woman, and she's told me the most hate she's ever gotten is from people from her own race that are lighter skin. So there's hate on so many levels, mm-hmm. and then you have the hate from the Somalians against the American blacks, and then the hates between blacks and whites and whites and blacks, and then the hates in light-skinned blacks against dark-skinned blacks, and it's just, it's so much hate. We're like- it's not there, it's men versus with, women. We're like inundated it's, with hate. It's yeah. everything, and I think mm-hmm. whenever you do that, you get those people who are on the fringes that take it too far. Right. And and yep. that's where you get the issues. It, it's it's healthy, I think, for people to have different perspectives. But when you start hating people because of the color of their skin or their political beliefs, mm-hmm. um, it, then it makes it tough. You dehumanize them, and it makes it a lot easier than to act out on those problems because you don't view them as humans. Sure. I think what you said, the people on the fringe. Yeah. And I, I have a couple of friends that I see their stuff on social media. Like, man, they're ready to snap. Like, mm-hmm. they're on the fringe. Like, that's perfect. They're on the fringe. Like, and those people scare me. So They do. They scare me. So before we go into our, our food segment here, I want to say I think that, that something that you, Mayor Nick, have brought up before um, was the idea that it kind of starts with with the youth and jeff you're doing that with um with what you're involved in with the boxing club um and and i will say that i get a lot of things back from my i've got two twin daughters who are in elementary school i get a lot of things back from their school um that are like almost like prayers but but there are things that they want them to memorize and the last one was I am a peacemaker. I'm a leader. I accept everyone and I lead by peace and I accept, you know, and like just those kind of thoughts, I think being bred into our youth is important um, because then I I believe that they're most impressionable. I believe that a lot of mental illness can be diagnosed when kids are young. I think that, you know, maybe fortifying our schools is part of the answer with prevention. I don't know. We can talk about that. Are you teaching your kids there's no such thing as real sincerely evil people? Well, that's everybody's a different good. topic again. I mean, to say everyone's well. good is just a ridiculous statement. There is demonic, evil people, period. Well, I think for, that th- that's, a, that's a question then for Jeff. I mean, I like how— Teach like, everyone to, to respect everybody. Right. And, but there is yeah. demonic, demonic, evil people. No matter what evil, you do yeah. to them, mm-hmm. they're going to be evil. Right. And you have to be civil and courteous till it's— to time everyone, out, anyway, right. yeah, right. yep. I think to that, Satan himself. But I think that's the problem. We're, we're saying be, be, <laughs> right. be civilized and courteous, and but not saying until this point, and then you have to be defend right. yourself. I mean, and you wonder if that goes in. One we're teaching our kids right. just to, to put up with anything right. and everything. Well, we don't mm. want our kids to roll over and not stick up for their principles. But right. we do That's want them point. to respect other people. We want to yeah, equip sure. them with the skills to resolve 
their conflicts nonviolently, um, to, to treat other people with respect. Um, but we also want to teach them to be tough and to, to mm-hmm. stand up for themselves and, and for what's whatnot. right. But, yeah. but when that comes at the expense of taking away someone else's rights, um, that's where we have to draw the line. Right. That's a good, yeah, that's a good point. So I think that at the, we're going to go into our food segment. Um, we've got our 911 calls coming up as well. And then we're going to continue. We're lucky enough to have these uh, two gentlemen in, in the studio tonight for the duration of the show. So we're going to keep coming back to these because I think it's something on everyone's mind. Um, and I think that there's a lot of fear in society right now where, I mean, you're looking at a, a country music festival, people dancing and having fun. You know, that's I wouldn't expect this type of thing to happen there. Um, they had great security. I think all precautions were in place. I, I talked to a lot of people this week, and, and a lot of people told me they don't go where there's crowds. They don't go to the, like, even Fourth of July fireworks in downtown Minneapolis mm-hmm. anymore. The, the crowd was a quarter of it was last year. Like people don't go into those crowds anymore, and it's 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 just the way it is. You don't go to stuff like that. And again, if you're just tuning in, we've got Mike Martin and Jeff Chandra here, former um, Minneapolis police officers, and um, you know, two two got great guys who've been working for the city of Minneapolis for years and years. So, how long did you guys both on the force? I know Jeff's been well, on the force 33 for 33 years, years total. Yeah, then. I was 25 years total. So, and, and how long have you been out? Uh, about a year and a half. A little over three years. So you're fresh, fresh out. Year and Mike's a, half's a little out. rustier. Well, a year and a half's fresh <laughs> out. <laughs> I'm a little rusty, but I still train. But you're, cops, does that count? <laughs> you're, you're, your son's on the force, right? Yeah, I have yeah. one in Brooklyn Park and one in Minneapolis. Yeah. So you have two sons in the neighborhood. Oh, crap. I'm going to have to watch what I'm doing. Are they, uh, are they happy that Rondo's the new chief? Yes, they are. They're I like really Rondo a lot. Mm-hmm. And Rondo's I, a good guy. Rondo's yeah, a great there. guy. I, I've had a lot of history with Rondo. Rondo's the first person in MPD that came to me and said, you know what? Because I, I was always a, a, a thorn in their side. But I wasn't, I wasn't actually a thorn in their side. I was a thorn in, in Betsy Hodges' side saying, let MP do their job. So one day, Rondo called me and said, I'm coming by your house. And he, I look at the window, and he's in front of my house. And uh, took That's me, called stalking. He took me on a ride along. <laughs> he came in my house and took a tour of my house, and he took me on a ride along. And uh, Were he, you in the back seat? Because no. that means you're arrested. And then uh, <laughs> then he, he, uh, he would call me like every week. Hey, let's go to Was he your probation <laughs> officer then? <laughs> what did I, he do? <laughs> I've never been arrested in my life, knock on wood. Um, well, that's a lot to say. I'm yeah, 52 I, years old. So we all like Rondo. Let's go to our food segment because I have not eaten dinner yet, and I want to hear what uh, Chef Alex D. has to say this week. All right, we'll come back to crime in a minute. What's up, guys? This is Alex D. from 612 Food. You can check me out on Instagram at 612 Food. This week, I wanted to talk about a couple of my favorite late-night options. You know, whether you're just a night owl or maybe it's one of those nights where you had a couple 13, 14 and you're in the hankering for something good, I got you covered. Number three would be Bar La Grassa that is in the North Loop off Washington Avenue. They have incredible Italian food. Whether you want something very simple like a spaghetti or a fettuccine alfredo, or if you want something a little more interesting like the bruschetta, which is grilled bread with soft scrambled eggs and chunks of lobster, luscious, buttery, creamy, dreamy. It is an incredible dish. 
I cannot recommend that dish enough. Uh, my other favorite pasta course would be the gnocchi with cauliflower and orange. It has shaved bits of cauliflower, these little pillow, pillowy gnocchis that just melt in your mouth. There's a creamy sauce, and then it's finished with a little bit of fresh orange juice and orange zest. And what that does is it balances out the richness of the creamy sauce and adds that little bright kiss of citrus. Absolutely fantastic. If you're in the mood for late night Italian food, Bar La Grassa is probably your best option in town. Number two would be Andalay Taqueria. You can find that in Bloomington off 494 and Nicollet. It's across the street from the giant Menards. Uh, it was recently featured on Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives with Guy Fieri. He proclaimed it the best taco he's ever had in Minneapolis. I 100% agree with him. It's arguably the best Mexican restaurant in town. They have a butcher shop next door. They're making their own chorizo in-house. They do a great spin on Tacos El Pastor, which is marinated pork with uh, guajillo chilies and onion and lime or pineapple juice. And then what they do is they add little chunks of bacon to that. So when they're frying that up on that flat top, making it crispy and golden and brown and delicious, I'm telling you guys, great Tacos El Pastor. And they serve it, you know, traditionally with the little uh, minced white onion and the cilantro. And you squeeze your lime on there. You put a little bit of their house-made salsas if you, you know, want it a little spicier, a little creamier. It's the best tacos in town. Outside of tacos, great quesadillas, burritos, tortas, uh, Mexican breakfast, chilaquiles, enchiladas. Not, I can go on and on. You get the idea. If you want late night Mexican food, Friday and Saturday, they're open until 3 a.m. Another great takeout option. Forget Taco Bell. Trust me on this. Andalay Taqueria. Check it out. Number one, Northeast Minneapolis represent. Columbia Heights represent. Flame Burger. 365 days a year, 24 hours a day. Char broiled cheeseburgers soft squishy bun bermuda onion slice of tomato the iceberg lettuce the pickles the classic it is incredible i love the simplicity and just the old school vibe of this place uh it's a greasy spoon you can get crispy hash browns you can get pancakes you can get waffles eggs bacon sausage i can go on and on they make a great milkshake like I said, 365 days a year, 24 hours a day. This place is awesome. Great place to people watch. Great place for a late night eat. That's all I got this week. I'll talk to you guys next time. This is Alex D from 612 Food. Check me out on Instagram at 612 Food. Peace. What was that taco place name? Taco on Andale? Taco Luria. My headphones um, were cutting out. All so. I know is Alex D is amazing. So yeah. thanks, thanks to him for doing I, I this segment. I love having his segment on the show. It's awesome. And it always makes me so angry because it's like even if I just ate, I'm starving. You know what? Listening to him, though, mm-hmm. actually gives me heartburn from 
from all of his creamy, <laughs> juicy you know, flavorings. I, 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 me and Nancy had this argument. One day I woke up and I had really bad heartburn. And I went upstairs and she was cooking a pot, a, uh, ribs in a crock pot. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't think it would give you heartburn, but the odor, the aroma... Why I was sleeping you actually gave me heartburn. Issues. No, it's true. It actually gave me heartburn. So Mike Martin is sitting back like he's giving you a lie detector <laughs> test, and he's smiling right now. I think he, he's, he, I think he sees through you, Nick. I think Whatever. that you, I think you probably drank too much the night before, and it was coming up on you that I, morning. I never drank too much the night before. And I'm never. hungry. That sounded good. I know mm-hmm. all of that food sounded really good, and those ribs. Heartburn or not. So I, I want to ask your opinion since you were an inspector. I have known Mike Martin, eight inspectors in the city of Minneapolis in two precincts in four years. Why do they rotate inspectors so quickly? Is it is it because they don't have to be accountable? Or I was told by Betsy Hodges so they can know the whole the whole department. Right. Um, oh, I was on the north side right. for five years. Well, that's um, a record because which is a, I, I've heard it is a record. <laughs> no, that's a record. Um, and, they forgot uh, you were over there. <laughs> right. I think they forgot me because things were going well when I was there. So Jost, um, Jost is there now, right? So, yeah, Mike Jost. Mike, or like no, Mike, Mike left. Uh, it's Aaron oh, Baird see, now. See? Yeah. A- 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 Mike Jost was just there a couple months ago. He's like well, a they number two guy now. They tend to get oh, promoted. He got, he got demoted? No, a number two guy in the department. Oh, Mike is. Under Ronda. Mike Jones, yeah. yeah. I like yeah. Mike a lot. Mike's I have a good my own theory why the inspectors get rotated so much, and you guys can tell me if you agree or not. Nick had been on their butts forever to, like, get somebody to meet with him and, like, do this whole thing. So they're like, okay, we're going to set you up with the inspector of your ward, and he's going to take you around, and you're going to be best friends, and this is who you can call when you need anything. And then the guy met with him, and Nick was like, yeah, I met with the inspector. Look at me. I'm so cool. And then the next day, that guy didn't work there anymore. So I think it was just a big ruse to, like, well, no, make now, him now, happy. Now my inspector best friend's the chief of police. Right. That's true. And I true. was also, I was actually very close with Janae Hartoto. I actually liked Janae. I thought Janae was always pretty honest with me. Now, now I did notice she got political in the last year and a half, but I also noticed that that Rondo's gotten a little political. So it, I think it comes with the job. I'm looking at two cops with their yeah. eyebrows like raised. But, well, but you guys are hard no, to read. You have to admit that's why the they, inspectors get moved most times. But, yeah, but, exactly. But, but, but they do actually get political when they become chief. Yes. Correct? Yeah, they right. have to be to survive, and I think. You know, Rondo's a tremendous guy, but um, my biggest concern is that the city council and the mayor, whoever that is going to be, will not allow him to do the things he needs to do to run the department properly. Well, the mayor Nick, controls the police department. Will you allow Rondo to do his job without you interfering? I would give Rondo complete free reign. Okay. Awesome. Would you interrupt him when he's speaking? No, complete free reign. <laughs> I wouldn't even speak. I wouldn't even speak with Rondo. That is saying a lot. Would you bother him with your incessant calls? Like, would you call him at three in the morning? Hey, yeah, Rondo, I just had an idea. Hey, listen, I've never called Rondo. Rondo called me, and this is a true story. Rondo called. So after I first met show Rondo, us your phone records. I first met Rondo, <laughs> and we did a roundtable, and I asked. It was me and a city council, and I asked everybody in city council including Jacob Fry, who's running for mayor right now. I said, how many drug dealers do you know? 
He said, I don't know any drug dealers. I asked Lisa Goodman, everybody there, all the city council. I don't know any drug dealers. I said, how many prostitutes you guys? How many prostitutes you guys know? They go, we don't know any prostitutes. And I then go, I walked know? in I go, the room. I go, how many pimps you guys know? They go, pimps? We don't have pimps in Minneapolis. And I, I literally laughed. And uh, the next day, uh, uh, Rondo called me and we had a long conversation. That Friday night or Saturday, I think it was Friday or Saturday, he called me at 2 o'clock in the morning. And there was the shooting at Epic where the kid got shot yep. in the head and they dragged his body outside. And he goes, I'm standing over a dead body at Epic and I'm not happy. And that was at 2 o'clock in the morning he called me. And I'm like, what the hell are you calling me for? <laughs> well, I'm not the mayor. I'm just some right. dude. But uh, that's, that forged our relationship. Yeah, and that I said, murder at Epic, um, the kid who was killed, his street name was Ty Crack. Yeah. Um, and that was the culmination of years of feuds between him and, and another group of people that could have easily been intervened in had people had the political courage and backbone to, to stop it to, and to stop it and to do what's right, right and to not and, tolerate that downtown. And an ex MPD officer was running Epic. Correct. I just right? want to know. No, so, and he, he, no, but ex, oh, and, 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 it was an ex MPD the <laughs> officer. Oh no, the John Barlow. Yeah, John yeah, Barlow John. was, Center, uh, was running Center. Epic, Center. and all you know, he, he was kind of known as a crooked cop on the streets, and in with city council, he was considered a crooked cop. I don't know if he was or not. I didn't know him. He walked. I don't know. At a slight yeah. angle. I didn't know him. <laughs> I didn't know him. I never dealt with him. I've never met him. But in the circle of city council, he was known as a crooked cop. And and in the bar industry, he was known as a crooked cop. So I don't know if he was or not. I, like I said, I don't never met him, don't know him, wouldn't judge him. But I know what people talked about and said, oh, he's a bad guy. Okay. So they that, blamed, that murder was a back and forth between but, two rivals. Right, but they blamed it a lot on right. John Barlow. Right, just that, well, that, that is, venue. He got, yeah. he got blamed the most for it. Right, for allowing the guns and the gun into the venue right. that was used and, and not and possibly allowing people to well, circumvent the But that's a Ned Abdul venue. Banks. I mean Ned Abdul owns that venue, he owns that building, he ran that building. I mean it's they're all his they're all his buildings. Right. Well you guys this is a perfect place for us to go into our nine one one calls. And when we get back I wanna get into another this leads me to my next question is who shot Tupac? <laughs> I just saw I just saw the, uh, a thing the other day on on TV. Yeah, but who did it? I want no, who was Inspector that? Who Mike was, no, who to was tell that? Me. Who was that? That asked he asked like a top like I don't know. like the Attorney General or something like that was a serious. I, I, it, was, it was yeah. Keith yeah. Morrison <laughs> against the AG. No, it was, it was some like top reporter like <laughs> hey by the way who shot Tupac? <laughs> who shot funny. Tupac? We're still on that. Uh, All right, so let's go to our nine one one calls and we'll be right back. So we're having some uh, technical difficulties right now. We're going to fix it in a second. There we go. We had uh, two tracks playing at once. Let's see if we can get it figured out. Was Tupac's ghost? That was Tupac's ghost. 
Lean back. Well, if we can't find them, I'll just play them over my phone. Let's see what I can do here. I'll, I'll make magic happen. Now it's on. So now I can help you. Okay, I thank think. God. <laughs> Phew. I'm I don't know why he turns our mics off all the Because he can't handle the sound of my screechy voice. He's told me this before in texts in the middle of the night. He's like, okay. I, yeah, it no, I'm just be. kidding. <laughs> well, we do have 911 calls, but while we're, while we're waiting for them to come up, um, back to, like, okay, so that situation there and the inspectors and, like, you guys had knowledge of this, what, tea crack or crack? Tie crack. Tie, tie crack. crack. Okay. So, obviously, he was known to you. He was a known individual to, to you. Did that get up to the, the, like, did that get up to parties who could make decisions on, like, I, I don't know. I mean, were you just waiting to see, like, can we arrest them for anything? Or, were, like, how does that work if you guys know something is going to erupt? That we can um, intervene in those situations um, in a number of ways. But the problem is that the amount of intelligence that we had um, on gangs at that time had really been degraded. Um, and there were a few people who knew, you know, what was going on, but those people weren't in positions where they were allowed to make the decisions. I see. Is okay. there a gang task force right now in the city of Minneapolis? No. Zero? No. There's, There's a, a federal Safe Streets task force, which is run by the FBI, that works on major cases but there's no gang is there a drug is there a drug task force there is a couple officers i think assigned to dea and there's no yeah, well and the, the precincts have really backed off too on narcotics enforcement they don't so they don't, they don't care. No they just don't care about drugs narcotics enforcement so they don't think drugs Correct. propel into crime like they don't see that that Coalition. They don't it see that. It probably doesn't matter if they see the connection or not. They're well, because precluded you're, from because, acting on it, right? Like it's you sitting on like a cop out there. Like I know that there's it's no that. political will because the, you know, for lack of better Leadership. term, the wrong the wrong people are getting arrested mm -hmm. or doing these. I guess. And uh, see, they I, wanted I, to my my impression is it's because the people in the political power are trying to cook the books on crime to look like they're successful. So if they don't arrest anybody, there's no crime rate. If they don't prosecute anybody, there's no crime rate. If they don't arrest anybody for smoking dope or shooting heroin on the street, then there's no crime rate. So all these, what they call petty crimes, I don't call them petty crimes. I call them crimes. They don't prosecute them. They don't arrest anybody. Then, then the crime rate goes down. Even though in real life the crime rate's going up, on paper the crime rate's going down. Even if you get mugged on the street and you happen to be intoxicated, and they actually catch the person who mugged you and he's intoxicated, they'll write it up as a bar fight. They will. I've seen it happen. Yeah, there, there's definitely ways that you can manipulate how crime looks. Something like narcotics, people don't call in on narcotics for the most part. They'll call in on someone loitering. The narcotics arrests are driven by proactive enforcement. So if we're not, I'm not out proactively arresting people for narcotics, then it looks like there is none. 
if you right. don't How arrest do you people know, for though, prostitution. Like kill. I mean, I think I saw someone take a Vicodin and they don't look like they're in pain. And I'll, I'll tell you what, prostitution right now is ramping up for Super Bowl. I've been seeing more and more hookers downtown. <laughs> I'm serious. Super you go Bowl. to hotel bars, you'll see them. Yeah. They didn't used to be there. They're I ramp- got a super they're, deal. No, they're, they're, coming out, they're coming out and checking out the scenery. Mm-hmm. I've been seeing them. I've been seeing them. They're okay, in, on that note, we are ready for our 911 calls. Let's yeah. get them All done right, and then let's we, talk about go. some boobies. Let's play 911 calls. Quarterback 3710 Chicago got a hang up call from a business called Accessible Space. Is he on callbacks? Yeah, yeah, I can advise. Squad 360. 360. Fire to the alley. Copy. They're coming right now. Is it the building that's on fire or the vehicle? There's a vehicle on fire in the alley. And then there's a person that's been burned. He's on the ground right now. 306. 306. 306. If we get a couple more squads down here just to block traffic on the alleys here, 3700 block. Um, Chicago to Columbus. There's more squads in route. If the squads that are responding will block alleys, 3700 Chicago to Columbus. E316, I'll be blocking the alley on Columbus. Copy. And squad 306, you're aware of 360's call? Copy. 8360, I'm moving locations. I'm going to be blocking traffic at 38th and Chicago for fire. Copy. 360. Squad 360. 360, I'm at 3718, talking to the uh, business owner. Can you repeat? 360, I'm talking to the business owner of the business 3718 behind the fire. Okay, copy. 360, is there a supervisor coming on here? Affirm 306 is in route. All right, have him to the alley here, please. Copy, and 306 if you can respond to the alley. Squad 348. Squad 348. 8212. I need you to clear me, and I need you to put me on an EDP at number 22, University of Northeast. Copy, do you want car for backup? So th- no, I believe... I'm th- I believe this is a story of a guy, an ex-boyfriend, who, who poured gasoline all over his girlfriend, his ex-girlfriend, in a car and burned her up. Is that the case? Yeah, 37th in Chicago. And when they were first reporting this, this is from Star Tribune. Yeah, they thought it was a guy, but it was actually a, uh, a burned-up girl. Homicide investigators were out, and then they said breaking news update. So, yeah, it looks like that is the story, which is horrifying. And we'll become a You know what? How can somebody, I, I just can't even comprehend the mindset that you would, even an ex, anything, that anybody, that you would go pour gasoline on them in their car and light them on fire. Like, how do you get to that point? And 
<laughs> he burnt himself partially too, didn't he? I mean, I think I think yeah, he had some burns. Yeah, crazy. I don't know. It's very able to. It's just horrible. And I a lot it's, of it's times a, in those domestic situations, you see the the level of rage and and violence that far supersedes um, anything else because of that passion. Yeah, they, they always can tell if somebody's like overstabbed or overshot, it was domestic. Right, yeah, because, they call it overkill. Right, because a regular criminal is just going to shoot you once and then they're going to run. But somebody that, that hates you so bad, they're going to shoot you 10 times and stab you 20 times. <laughs> and uh, the case where we kicked the door in right as the guy was pouring alcohol on his girlfriend, going to light her on fire, and then we went to court on it, and she would only testify if he was guaranteed probation. So and that's how it happens in a lot of domestics. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Listen to our 911 calls. We've been hearing a lot of incooperative victims. Like, mm-hmm. they don't want to be cooperative. Uncooperative. Uncooperative. Yeah. Uncooperative right. victims. Like, I don't even understand that. One of them we had two weeks ago, her car got carjacked with her kid in it. And she still wouldn't cooperate with the police. Maybe she just needed a day off. The kid was <laughs> <laughs> causing trouble. Yeah, I don't know. I think that, I mean, that that's, again, another, that could be a completely okay, different so, show is talking about so domestic issues I and why talk the women about or men in those situations won't, char- you know, make charges. But we do have another call. No, before we, talk, we play this call, so this day that this call happened, Betsy Hodges posted on Facebook about how safe the city of Minneapolis is this, right when this happened. And she said, oh, people, oh, and actually, actually, I take that back. She posted something, but she was posting a statement from Steve Kramer from Downtown Council that everybody's always constantly, like, Star Tribune's done four articles in the last three months of how bad downtown is. And he put out a statement saying, hey, what about how great downtown is? And Betsy Hodges posted his article and said, yeah, downtown's great. And then literally two minutes after she posted that, this happened. Well, there just goes to show you when Betsy talks, bad things happen. Uh, so we've got another call coming um, up here. Yeah, and that, that's the call I'm talking about. This, I call play this call is happening right after Betsy Hodges tweeted. On 13, if you could refer to the sound of the shots heard reported by Transit PD in the area of 4th and Nicollet Mall. And squad 113, other squads in the area. This is now being reported as a shooting at 300 Nicollet Mall. Fire and EMS responding. Started to acknowledge. Wait, wait, wait. So 132 will be out with that mail. It's going to be Nicollet third. We got ambulance coming. We're close to fourth now. Maybe close to fourth for ambulance with the victim. 132, yes, we are close to fourth. Copy. Squad 111, able. Can I get some squads to 3rd Street and Marquette? We need to shut off the uh, traffic heading westbound. Friends of 150, if you have any description of the shooter, our squads have several people detained that are fleeing from the area. 113, we found the casings mid block on Nick, between 3rd and 4th. Copy casings found mid block 3rd to 4th on Nicholas. And Transit does have two parties in custody at 115 South 4th Street. They're asking, does any squad out there have any description of the shooter? 132, the victim stated that he did not see, just that it was a group on, um, that ran southbound from this location. Happy. Just like after that. 102, all the hours, 108. 111, Abel. 111, Abel. Can I get the squad at 
Sir and Mark has to go ahead and tape off that end of the block so we can't have anybody coming down the sidewalk. Hey, we copy. 113. 113. Can someone with the victim tell me if he's missing a white shoe? We got a white shoe by the casings trying to figure out if it's a victim shoe or from suspect. 132 Any hearing information for officers on the shoe per transit? Transit officer did see a group run into a building west of the downtown cabaret called the Downtown Auto Park. Unsure if they were related in this instant. Information only. Transit six. Our squads uh, say that they saw the victims come around, sorry, the suspects come out of the alleyway, Nick to Marquette on the fourth on the south side of the street while we can check in the alleyway. Copy. Transit 106. Transit 106. When our squads pursued these folks, they came through an alleyway that's going to be just south of fourth, Nick to Marquette. Several of these buildings back here have cameras. If there's any way that we can contact the building owners for a video review. Copy. Transit 106. We need to uh, bring our 2 to 710. Transit 106, here, repeat. Would 710 like to have us bring our 2 detained parties to them to interview? Stand by with them for a minute. So, why this actually happened, right, like a second into this call, there was another call for 10 people fighting on Hennepin at 5th and Hennepin, another call of 10 people fighting on 4th and Hennepin within three minutes of all this. So, and, and this wasn't even a weekend. No, it, it's amazing, and I think you'll see the downtown council and folks like that, they have a vested interest in attracting people to downtown and, and telling them that it's safe, but the sad part is that People who are down there know the reality and violent behavior, loitering, intimidating people, um, the robberies that are occurring, it's tolerated. And the officers are not allowed to do the proactive work that it would take. And I tell people all the time, look at the city of Chicago. You can walk down Michigan Avenue and you're not going to get harassed at all. The reason they don't tolerate it there, um, the that's the one place where they tell the cops, we're not, you can do whatever you right, want to I, keep I say it that all the time. Right. Every city has its safe zone. And, and yeah. so Jacob Fry, who's running for mayor, is pitching this eight-and-a-half-block safety zone. I pitched him that, that whole pitch because I told him in Philadelphia, Center City, they have signs that say this is a crime-free zone. You will, be, you will be fined and jailed three times the, the the, the amount anywhere else so they have that in philadelphia and i pitch it and i actually have a tape recording of me pitching him this crime bill like this is what you need to do you need to make hennepin safe so if hennepin's safe that's the heartbeat of our city right. right so so make make that safe for tourists and corporate tourists you make that safe it'll expand out they don't do that they let it all just go everywhere and it's a free-for-all I've peed on Hennepin Avenue in public at least 15 times. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so have I. I actually saw something. <laughs> Did you spit, though? Did you spit? I was spitting everywhere. Well, you're allowed to spit. Spitting's legal. Yeah. Spitting's legal. And no when it lurking, was illegal. Lurking, no lurking. Lurking. I can lurk and spit. I'm lurking right now. Okay, yes. And so, and no one's bothering me, and there's two cops in here. 
So let's go to break. Uh, we will be back with more Minneapolis911.com after this quick break. And we've got much more with these officers, these men in blue. We thank them for their service and for putting up with us tonight. We'll be right back with more Minneapolis911.com. This is Bob Sansevier, and I would like to invite all Minneapolis 911 listeners to also listen to The BS Show. We have new shows every Monday through Friday. We offer a great lineup of guests as well as entertainment, information, and a lot of fun. You can check out The BS Show on iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, or at our website at thebsshow.net. You want great hair? Join the Evolution. Evolution Salon, the Twin Cities only Lanza Concept Salon. You want great hair? Join the Evolution. Evolution Salon has everyday styles, event cuts, color, foils, makeup services, hip, cool, and oh, so stylish. Delivered by the area's top hairstylists that will make you look like a runway model. Finish off the look with great products exclusively from Lanza. You want great hair? Join the Evolution. And experience hair culture at Lynn Lake in South Minneapolis. We'll be right back with more Minneapolis 911. Wow, Betty, your remodel looks great. The dining room floor, the gorgeous plush carpet in the living room. Oh, and those kitchen counters are so perfect. I'm so jealous. I want this in my house. Linda, you can. It's easy. I just called Cap Carpet and Flooring and got a free in-home estimate. Then took my ideas to the showroom and Cap's excellent design staff went to work, helping me pick out the perfect style, fabrics, and colors. They really made my ideas come to life. At Cap Carpet and Flooring, we listen to your ideas. And from design concept to Cap's professional installation, Cap makes it easy for your design vision to come to life. Whether it's a remodel or a new home design, Cap helps our customers find the best products for their lifestyle. Hey, Linda, where are you off to? I'm off to Cap Flooring and Carpet. I got great ideas for my guest room. Hey, wait for me. Cap Carpet and Flooring in New Brighton. Stop in or call for an appointment today. 651-636-2617. 651-636-2617. Cap Carpet and Flooring, where design becomes you. And we're back, Minneapolis911.com. I'm L.A. Nick with my co-host, Tess Ray. Who has, who has no microphone? Uh, yeah, I didn't <laughs> for a minute. Of course um, not. We have Mike Martin and Jeff Gendra here, former MPD officers. Thank you again for being on the show. You're um, welcome. I hope you come back because I feel like we're just getting on the cusp of... Yeah, we could have you guys on for like 12 hours. Yeah, and no bathroom breaks. We just keep you in here. <laughs> Only if there's food. I, That's what I said. You know Where's what? The I, food, if man? you if you guys agree to come back, I'll bring like a meat and cheese. Tray I just came back from Italy. They food. bring in food like every five minutes. Yeah. So please come back. Um, your insight is invaluable. I think that you know the service you've done for our community uh, is. I, I I can't even. I don't even have words for how much I am grateful for that. Um, but then now, I mean, your your comments and your insights on what's happening and. And hopefully it's going somewhere where, you know, maybe we can promote change. Maybe we can get to a better place um, because we've got wisdom from people like you and maybe Nick. Well, I, I feel 
right now we're probably the most integrate the most the, the, the lowest ranked integrated city in America. We have no integration in the city. Our black community and our white community are miles apart. We have 19 Fortune 500 companies based in downtown Minneapolis. You need two college degrees to get a job there. We have a 52% high school dropout rate in our black community. Where does that put them? Really, where does it put them? It puts them to sell, sling dope or do whatever they can do to get money. Until we fix that actual problem, we are doomed. We will be the next South Chicago. Yep. We will. We it's, will. It's, it's, it's inevitable. Sad. It's inevitable. Until, and you know what's funny? I've lived here for eight years, and every single person that runs for every single office says, we're going to help Northside. And nobody ever helps Northside. No. They just don't do it. They well, don't Jeff's do it. doing his part now. I mean, you're out, you're <laughs> out but, there. But, but I'm, talking, yeah, yeah, I'm talking about politicians. They just don't true. help Northside. It's and, a private and, deal. And, 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 you know, all these politicians like Jacob Fry, all his buddies are big developers. Why don't they develop Northside? It's Riverfront. Because they're scared. But, but you got to remember, right. Northside's, got the, that, Northside's got Riverfront. Beautiful Riverfront. But why aren't they yeah. developing it? Why? Why aren't they? Why aren't they getting people with money to move in those neighborhoods? Why? There's a reason why they're not. They're, it's follow the money. Follow the money. Why are they the not? Why are they not putting money in the north side? Why didn't they build a stadium in the north side? Right. Why didn't yeah, they? That would be a perfect spot but for they, it. They, the land would have been a quarter of the price, if not less. Why didn't they build a new stadium in the north side? Why? Tie crack. <laughs> Two words. And his bodies. Two words. But but it doesn't make Two any words. sense to me. There yeah. has to be, and I believe it's because the city and the state and the county get federal funding to keep it bad. Hmm. It's an interesting thought, and I'm sure well, we'll, well, I know the city gets county funding and state funding to keep it bad. So it might work up the chain to federal, but I know the city of Minneapolis gets Hennepin County funding to keep Northside bad. Well, we do hope that you guys come back. We thank you so much for being here. Um, I'm not done talking. Really, uh, you will be because <laughs> we've got to get to our promos. You've got some stuff coming up. What I do. Tell me I about have it, some stuff some coming up. Too. So you can do yours first because okay. i got to pull mine up because I have I a bad memory. I will be in Arden Hills, Minnesota on October 6th and 7th. So if anyone wants to venture out there... I will be doing a comedy show, a showtime at 8 p.m. You can get more information at welchesbig10.com, or you can go to my website, which is hustleyray.com. October 15th, I'll be at Lush in Minneapolis, Minnesota, um, playing some comedy there. It's going to be a great show. Um, and October 17th is my ongoing show at the DFW. This one, we are doing a Halloween special costume contest. So come in a good costume. You'll get a prize. If Mike or Jeff come to the VFW show on October 17th, I will give you both something very special and call you out and give you the VIP table. So I'm just throwing it out there. All right. That sounds nice. So October I'm not 17th, 8 o'clock, VFW Uptown, 2960. So I'm not going to confuse everybody with all that stuff. But <laughs> I'm just going to tell you, because we have a show next Sunday, so I'll tell you the next one after that. But this week, October 7th, 2017. It's a Saturday. Starts at 3 p.m. Motorcycle at Nordstrom Distillery. It's a massive motorcycle show, and it's some amazing bands playing. John, uh, uh, Teddy Guns and the Sex Kings will be playing, and I will be hosting it, and I will be doing a political 
rally of rally. sorts. So come on out. It's an amazing show with amazing bands. And if you love motorcycles and booze, they well, go. Well, then there you go. They go hand in hand, don't awesome. they? Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again, Mike Martin, Jeff Jindra. Yeah, thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. This thank has you. been another episode of Minneapolis 911. I am Hesley Ray. This is LA Nick. And it's Minneapolis 911. Hey, and check me out on Tom Bernard <laughs> podcast. Tour. Oh, yeah, go there, Tom Bernard. All right, we'll see you next week. Thanks so much. have been listening to Minneapolis 911 with LA Nick and Hesley Ray. Download a new episode every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. on the Tom Bernard Network at Minneapolis911.com. For further information on today's and past shows, go to Minneapolis911.com. Minneapolis 911 post-production provided by Nancy Keene and Zachariah Putney. This show is a Robert W. Morgan production. I'm Casey Moo. Thank you for listening to Minneapolis 911.